0: Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host and this is going to be a fairly quick episode just because there wasn't a whole lot of news this week. There was some and we'll talk about that news obviously. Let's see, I'm recording this late because it was not feeling well this weekend and I feel much better today so recording a little bit late because of that. The thing that I like this week, or there's two things actually, there's a movie documentary called Perfect Ten which covers New Zealand rugby star Dan Carter It is fantastic. Even if you don't like rugby, it's a really good, really, really good podcast or a really, really good documentary. The next thing I like is an actual podcast that I've mentioned many times on this show before, but I think it's worth mentioning it again. And it is true North EVs. That podcast is fantastic. James is interviewing a ton of different people with a ton of different cars EV cars and if you want to get a perspective on what it's like to be an EV owner then listen to his podcast because you are going to get so much insight Uh, the last episode that I listened to was a couple who bought uh, BMW i3s they bought them with I think a couple of days apart and uh, they just kind of talk about what they like about it, what they didn't like. It's a very honest, open interview, and I I just cannot give this podcast more love. So do yourself a huge favor and go to True North EVs or search for it on your podcast catcher and download it. It's really good. There's also a link in the show notes. All right, I'm going to give the Patreon plug a break this week, but I am going to thank our Patreon supporters. Starting in alphabetical order this month, Alex Cameron chip Chris Dale Don Leon Ian James the US James from Canada Karen Mark Nate and Ryan thank you folks so much for supporting the show your support helps me make the show better just as an example I've purchased some more sound baffling for this room, although there's still quite a bit of echo, but it's significantly decreased with this extra little bit of um, paneling I put on the walls. Now, I'm in a little bit of a spot because my wife does not want this entire room filled up with different colored panels, and I can't really blame her. So I'm trying to get creative, but your contributions allow me to be creative and allow me to get the studio set up the way that I want it. So thank you very much. I do appreciate every single one of you that supports the show. Now, moving on, let's start with the news. Last week, I mentioned that the UK registered 4,321 new vehicles in April 2020, and that was the lowest amount of new vehicles registered since the 1940s. Patreon supporter Mark sent me a little news article with some additional information. And as a point of reference, in April 2019, 161,064 vehicles were registered. So it's quite a, quite a decrease from April 2019 to April 2020. But according to zapmap.com, new EV purchases were only down 10% in April 2020 but despite being down 10%, they made up 32% of the total vehicles sold. So people are still buying EVs despite the fact that, you know, the covid stuff and the shelter in place stuff is happening in the UK. The Model 3 was in first place with 658 vehicles sold and the Jaguar I-Pace was in second place. With 367 vehicles sold. And obviously, we're going to see much different numbers in May. And if I remember to look up the numbers for May 2020, I will definitely do that and kind of give us an update. That's a big if, though, I'm I'm being honest, because I can't remember anything at the moment. Our next story is not really a story, it's more of a headline. Lucid Air teased a picture of 40 prototype Lucid Airs. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if they're mules or if they're just prototypes, but You know, they're trying to keep their name in the news cycle. Polestar has announced the first cities that will get retail locations, which are Boston, Denver, Texas, Washington, D.C., and some Florida regions, but they weren't specific. Are those cities like EV hotspots? Because I wouldn't think that they are. You know, I'm sure Polestar has done their research. Just does not seem like those are places that are going to sell a ton of EVs. Like in Texas, they can't sell direct to the customer there. Boston seems like an okay place, I guess. I don't know how many EVs you're going to sell in Boston. Maybe Florida, maybe Washington, D.C. I don't know. It's just a weird pick of retail locations, the first ones to open up. In our next story, Tesla has launched a price match guarantee on their solar panel systems. Basically, they'll match quotes from competing companies. And the conditions are, I think, fair. The solar systems must include an inverter in order to be eligible for price match. They need to be the same size or bigger than the Tesla system that they offer. And Tesla right now is offering three basic systems, three different sizes. And the company must offer a 10-year warranty. So, the moral of the story really is just shop around because you might get lucky and find yourself a really good deal, whether that's with Tesla or some other company that installs solar panels. Speaking of competitors, though, Tesla has partnered with their competitor Sunrun to install Powerwalls along with Sunrun's solar systems. Now, Sunrun used to install LG Kim's battery packs, but the power wall is actually cheaper than the LG battery, so it would actually end up you know, saving customers money, so that's pretty cool. We'll just continue our theme of batteries just for the moment here. Tesla is delaying their powertrain and battery investor day again. The presentation was originally scheduled for April 2020, but it looks like it's going to be delayed until June. This is what Elon tweeted on May 15th, 2020. We're going to have to push out the date or attendance will be very low. Maybe due in two parts, webcast next month and in-person event a few months later. Okay, so that was from Elon's Twitter account. You know, whenever this happens, I'm sure they're going to announce where the next Gigafactory is going to be built. So that kind of leads us into our next story, which is... According to sources, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Austin, Texas are on the short list of cities where Tesla may build the new Gigafactory, where they're going to build the Cybertruck and, you know, goodness knows what else. It seems that Austin is a favorite, according to electric sources, but we'll see. I've seen this posted as if it's definitely going to be built in Austin, and that is not true because let's just remember until Tesla actually makes an announcement, it's just a rumor. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the Tesla drama that happened uh, this week. And there's quite a bit of it. And it's some of it's been going on for a couple of weeks, at least two. Starting off with Alameda County has said that Tesla can resume operations after reviewing and approving Tesla's COVID-19 prevention and control plan. Now, in this story, there's quite a bit of genital shaking, if I'm being honest with you, on Tesla's part when it comes to reopening. Elon wasn't happy with the timeline that Alameda uh, County was uh, providing them, I guess. He thought that they should be opening sooner. And effectively, what happened was he expressed his displeasure on Twitter and then also said that they're going to move Tesla's headquarters to Nevada or Texas because of this action from Alameda County. And they may even move production from Fremont to Nevada or Texas. And I think he also, no, I don't think he did say that he was going to sue Alameda County or Tesla was going to sue Alameda County for damages because they weren't able to open Here's where I'm not going to give this story any time, because there was a lot of drama surrounding these tweets. The president got involved. You know, Tesla decided to open up their doors inside of Alameda County. I don't know if the headquarters is because I think the headquarters is in Palo Alto. And I don't think that's in Alameda County, but Fremont is. And they decided that's where they decided to put their manufacturing plant. Now, I understand that when they decided to do this in 2003, there was no way of knowing that COVID was going to happen. On the other side, if you are working within or operating within a county boundary, you have to follow their rules. And it's my understanding that Tesla and Alameda County, prior to Elon sending all these tweets out, was actually close to coming to an agreement on what Tesla needed to do in order to open. So I don't even know that the Elon popping off on Twitter was even helpful to his goal, you know? I think that it might have actually delayed it. And one of the Alameda County, I don't know if he was a supervisor or what he was, but he actually said as much that it those tweets of threatening to sue might even slow their opening down and Tesla opened up a little bit early and all that kind of stuff. And there was just so much drama on Twitter. I honestly just did not even want to go on Twitter because my feed was just flooded with it. And I'm sure many of you saw similar things. It's my understanding that Tesla is able to open up and is operating now. And if I'm wrong on that, let me know. Maybe I misunderstood how the news stories went down. But, you know, ultimately, I think the same thing would have happened if Elon just would have, you know not tweeted and caused all this ruckus. And in related news, there's also a whole lot of other drama on Twitter and the Tesla community. I'm sure you can look up the details again. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of it, but it surrounds one particular, and I don't fault these folks, by the way, it it involves one particular podcast or YouTube show that talks about Tesla I've never listened to their show, but I followed them on Twitter. They followed me on Twitter. I don't have any ill feelings towards these folks, but there was just a lot of attacking between them and a Tesla journalist. And here's, here's, here's my thing. And I'm not going to take one side or the other on this. Cause honestly, I I was like, why is everybody acting this way? Uh, So I don't know what their positions are. Are I've read some things and I'm like you know what I I'm just gonna stop. So basically, here's my position on this: we can criticize each other because criticizing one another can be a healthy way of of holding each other accountable in a respectful way. So if, for instance, if I don't like something that somebody wrote. I tell you, I don't, I don't agree with this, but that doesn't mean that I don't like everything they wrote, or I think they're a bad person. I don't agree with their take. And I think we could go a long way with, you know, having some healthy criticism. I mean, I get it from podcast listeners all the time and I'm not offended because most of the time it's very rare that somebody comes off and attacks me. But most of the time somebody says, you know, what, I think you're wrong on this. And here's why I think you're wrong. I appreciate that. I don't hate that at all. Like that doesn't hurt my feelings. Somebody's given me a different perspective and it allows me to change my perspective. (sighs) Man, I'm going way too far into this. I didn't mean to go this far. Basically, I love the community that's built up around EVs. I think it's fantastic. I'm, I'm trying to sum this up here. And I don't want to see us attacking one another because honestly, that doesn't help what we want to achieve which is to get more evs out there and on the roads it doesn't help it whatsoever i think there's a real danger in deifying people like elon musk if you deify elon musk he doesn't become somebody who's working for us he becomes a god and we are subservient to him i feel the same way about politicians whether you're a republican or a democrat if you feel like your favorite candidate is your savior we're going down a very bad road because those people are public servants all right anyway that's all I got to say about that just be nice to each other and i think that that's really important all right moving on tesla has informed employees that if they don't return to work they may lose their unemployment benefits tesla employees were notified of this over email. So here's a little excerpt of the email. If you do not feel comfortable coming into work, you can stay at home and will be on unpaid leave. Choosing not to report to work may eliminate or reduce your eligibility for unemployment depending on your state's unemployment agency. So some employees some Tesla employees vocally express their concerns about returning to work. And honestly, I get it. There's still a lot. We don't understand about COVID-19. Alameda County is still on lockdown, which I think until the end of May. On the other hand, Tesla is opening their doors to workers. Tesla doesn't have any say on what, you know, the unemployment rules are. So I don't see how this is Tesla's fault. They're saying, listen, you can stay at home. We're not going to fire you if you don't feel safe, but you may not get paid by unemployment because that those are the facts. That's just kind of the way it is. It's not Tesla's fault. In this case, I didn't have access to the entire email, but from what I was able to read, it sounded reasonable on to our next story. Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Again, I haven't actually listened to the episode. I'm assuming he didn't smoke any weed because he got a lot of grief for that before. One of the things he mentioned, though, was that the Cybertruck would be built before the Roadster. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet. I'm planning on it. I will put a link to the show notes if you want to listen. And our final story today is, according to Reuters, Tesla will partner with CATL on their rumored million-mile battery. And I'm going to read a little excerpt here from the Reuters article. Electric Car Maker Tesla, Inc., plans to include a new low-cost long-life battery in its Model 3 sedan in China later this year or early next that it expects will bring the cost of electric vehicles in line with gasoline models and allowing EV batteries to have second and third lives in the electric power grid. So let's talk about the battery first. The battery is going to be more energy-dense, and because it's going to be more energy-dense, it'll actually be able to be smaller, allegedly. And that will lower the cost. The partnership with CATL will allow Tesla to use CATL's lithium iron phosphate batteries. And I think we talked about these batteries a few weeks ago, so I'm not going to go into those again. CATL also has a process called cell to pack, which basically eliminates the need to build cells. And they just put the components in the battery pack. And this is supposed to reduce weight and cost. And honestly, I'm unclear on how all of this works. Let's move on to the recycling and second life part of the story. Here's the excerpt. Tesla is working on recycling and recovering of such expensive materials as nickel, cobalt, and lithium. Through its Redwood affiliate, as well as new second-life applications of electric vehicle batteries in grid storage systems, such as the one Tesla built in South Australia in 2017, the automaker has said it wants to supply electricity to consumers and businesses, but has not provided all the details. Okay, so first of all, Redwood Materials is a company formed by... Tesla CFO, JB Straubel. Actually, I don't even know if he formed it. He, He has something to do with Redwood materials. I don't think Tesla has anything to do with the company other than that. JB currently works there. Tesla may do business with them. That's possible. The new batteries will use little to no cobalt. And that's the most cobalt is the most expensive material in the battery and then they're gonna use some sort of heavily automated battery manufacturing process, and that'll re- reduce labor costs. Let's talk about the vehicle to the grid part of this story. So here's the excerpt: with a global feet, <laughs> with a global fleet of more than a million electric vehicles, they are capable of connecting to and sharing power with the grid. Tesla's goal is to achieve. The status of a power company competing with such traditional energy providers as Pacific Gas and Electric, Tokyo Electric Power. Those sources said, "I think I, would, I oh I know I don't think I know we've talked about this recently. I don't think Tesla wants to be a power company in the traditional sense of being a power company. I just think they want to sell or lease you their their products." And I also don't see Tesla using used battery cells to power commercial installations. I do see them using cells the used cells to help support power grids in underserved communities around the world. I think that that is a very good effort for those used battery cells. You know, it's more like a charity effort, but I don't see them using used power cells and anything that's mission critical in the size of a commercial installation all of that stuff's going to be new i feel really (laughs) confident in saying that they're not going to use used cells on something that they are charging hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars on Uh, I, i just don't see that working and in our last excerpt this is about the million mile battery and tesla and catl so here we go The new million mile battery at the center of Tesla's strategy was jointly developed with China's contemporary Amperex technology, which is CATL, and deploys technology developed by Tesla in collaboration with a team of academic battery experts recruited by Musk. These is the the folks in Dahl, Canada. Three people familiar with the effort said I added the doll Canada part at this point. All of this is rumor. I think that a partnership between Tesla and CATL is fantastic and likely to happen, if I'm being honest, as a future Cybertruck owner, I am excited to see that we have two companies that have done a lot of research into batteries and we're going to get the best technologies from each company into one battery. And I'm confident And maybe it's false confidence, but I am confident nonetheless that the Cybertruck will use this new battery technology, especially when you consider the price point for the Cybertruck. Like everybody was shocked that they can get the price that low. It has to be because they have some sort of new battery technology that they're going to put in the Cybertruck as well as, you know, the Model 3s, Model Ys, and the rest of the line. All right, everybody, that is it for me. This show was much longer than I expected, (laughs) so that's cool. If you would like to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at 918digital. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Today is Monday. I'll be editing this and getting it out, hopefully today, maybe tomorrow. So that means I will be talking to you in a few short days. So have a great next couple of days and I will talk to you soon.